morning, good evening, good night, wherever or whoever you may be. I am Alan Arante, and this is The Recluse Podcast. Today's guest is Camila Guzman, the queen of compost. She completed a bachelor's degree in science and resource management at Cal State University Channel Islands. She surfs, she travels, she gardens, and teaches yoga. She is a vital, kind, and interesting person. She was also very easy to talk to. This interview has been a long time coming, and I'm pleased to have finally made her acquaintance. In this interview, we talk about composting, the delayed gratification of gardening, the shades of language that often guide us in our lives, among other things. So, without further preamble, I am pleased to deliver a portrait of the Queen of Composting. Okay, so I am talking to Camila Guzman. You are the queen of compost, is that right? That is correct. Hi, Alan. Hi. I don't think we've ever met before. Do you live in Ventura? I do. I live in Ventura, California. Yeah, yeah, so do I. I live um, near the college. If uh, I'm sure you know where that is, Ventura College. Yeah, yeah I live in Midtown, off, off Seaward. Oh, okay, cool. You're near the yeah. beach. Yeah. Have you been going to the beach lately with all the closures and with the pandemic going on honestly i've only been maybe like less than a handful of times since the pandemic started and yeah yeah it's just kind of like cringy feeling it's just hard (laughs) to say you know yeah Yeah, i've been there once since everything's been going on um and i actually it's sort of embarrassing i've only been here in ventura for maybe two years and I really haven't been going to the beach that much. So like, I, so I already hate that. And yeah. now that the pandemic is going on, um, it's even less. Um, but I, I went the other day and I had that cringy feeling too. It's like, you know, I had a mask on separated from people, but uh, you know, at any moment you're just ready for someone to tap you on the shoulder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. So just, it's hard to relax and recreate and I like to surf. And so it's been hard to like, find spots to park and whatnot and Mm. yeah like walking across town (laughs) yeah exactly i think because all all the parking lots have been closed pretty much right yeah there's a few that are open but they've been slowly like um closing off more of the parking lot so it's like not as many spots yeah it's a bummer you you gotta walk like down like a whole street you know park far away just to get to the beach yeah but it makes sense i get it um, it's yeah, I totally get just it trying too. to keep it's people like, safe. Yeah, and there's just so many people now thinking the same thing. It's like, I just want to go surfing if I have nothing to do. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I um, I don't surf. I tried to surf once in Hawaii when I was on my uh, honeymoon, and it yeah. is really hard. Like, yeah, it is really hard. a lot of movement. Yeah. I And I skateboard, so I thought, like, before I went out there, I was like, oh, like, you know, no problem. I, you know. I know they're somewhat similar, um, but it did not feel similar at all. Like I, I tried to stand up so many times, like forever. I had a wow. really long board, so I, I assumed it would just like stay afloat, and it, it was really hard. Wow! Yeah, usually the the board sports helps you when you when you finally like get the balance and stuff. You're like, oh wow, and then it's like feels like super easy, but it's a hard <laughs> learning curve. It's a yeah. really hard learning curve. Yeah. Because well, everything's the f- moving. The water's moving. The board's moving. You're moving. 
So yeah, I mean, you know, I'm wondering because when I was out there, it, it was super flat. So I don't know if that makes it harder or easier. I assumed easier. Like I, like you know, I wasn't gonna like hit waves. I, I didn't know what I was doing, but it was so totally flat. I had a really long board, like twelve of twelve footer or something. Wow. <laughs> and uh, the balance, like you feel like you're on a tightrope. It's like you move just a little to the left, a little to the right, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, you're tipping over. Yeah, that was my there's experience. definitely, yeah, like there's definitely like a sweet spot, and usually yeah. people, yeah, like it, some people will stand with their toes forward, and that kind of makes it like a tightrope feeling sometimes. But mm-hmm. if you stand like kind of facing your toes to like a side of the board a little right, bit, right, right, you get better. And yeah, it's just funny because I, I think it's a little bit easier actually to learn on days when there's a little bit of swell because there's that momentum that mm. pushes pushes you. And so you just get to like focus on standing and riding the wave, which is fun. Yeah, it it was a really cool, actually. Um, I, you know, I I went out pretty far and I don't know why this is. I don't, I, maybe it was just a spot, you know, we were in Waikiki and uh, you can go out like really far and it doesn't get deep. It like stays five, six, seven feet. Um, And it was really rocky, like a lot of big rocks. Um, So it, you know, I just had to get out. There's like the last day we were there. Um, and even though there wasn't any swell, as far as I could tell, it took so long just to get back to shore. Like my arms oh, were so wow. tired. Just I like battling. <laughs> battling. <laughs> yeah, just battling the water forever. I was like a little embarrassed. People are around um, like, you know, skilled people. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyways, uh, so just a couple icebreaker questions that, do you yeah. drink coffee when you wake up? Um, not when I wake up. I do like to drink coffee once in a while. I'm a very like, I like small coffees, like little coffees. coffees mm. those. I just want little something to pick me up. But um, I usually like to drink water right away when I wake up. <laughs> yeah, what, like a big glass or just a, a little bit? bit a big up? old glass of water. Like, I just love it. And sometimes I'll fancy it up with like as a hot tea especially in the mm. wintertime. But now that it's moving into the warmer months, I like just a big glass of room temp water. I don't like <laughs> really cold water either. So I'm pretty like particular. With <laughs> Have you ever heard the expression early bird gets the worm? Yes. Uh, do you happen to agree with that? What, what are your opinions on that expression? Actually, that's so interesting that you asked that because I was just reflecting on that the other day because I'm worm harvesting. And so I'm like, have these sparrows that like are stalking me, like when they <laughs> see me doing it. They like hang out on the fence post and they like look at me like, are you going to feed us? Are you going to feed us? And I was like, hmm, does early bird get the worm or does the smart worm know where to get the goods? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think it's changing. but. Ultimately, I've grown up always thinking that early bird does get the worm because you have more time to like, like feel good in your body or like Mm -hmm. do whatever you need to, to like battle the day or tackle the day. Right. So are are you saying that uh, in your life, you don't really, you know, wake up five minutes before work and then run to work? Are you more of a person that gets up an hour ahead and takes your time? How, How do you navigate that? Yeah. That's definitely how I navigate. There's definitely days where I will um, be on the other side of the spectrum and be like, mm-hmm. yeah, five minutes till work. Yes, let's do it. Especially now that there's like these Zoom meetings and stuff. It's like I'll just hang out as long as I can until I have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
but yeah, otherwise I'm pretty, I have a lot of energy. And so ever since I was a kid, I was like up really early. And so <laughs> I just have a lot of things to think about and be excited about, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, I'm, I probably, you know, habitually am more on the, uh, wake up five minutes, you just my habit and it's terrible. I, I wish it wasn't that way, but I just mm-hmm. think I, you know, I can be a little lazy sometimes. Um, but how, but how do you, you say you have a lot of energy. Is that just something about you or do you take, you know, steps to have this energy about you? Um, a little bit of both. So I definitely have always felt like a lot of vital energy from when I was a kid, I would mm. like sleepovers. I would be the first one awake and last one to sleep kind of thing. Cause I was like <laughs> just excited. And, um, yeah. And then going into my adult years in college, it was so much pressure on academics and school that it kind of transmuted the energy into a lot of anxiety and like manic energy, actually. So that was really not a fun time (laughs) as much. And it was like learning Mm -hmm. how to ground myself, which brought me to my um, really dedicated yoga practice for the last almost 10 years. Well, I've been practicing for 10 years. Oh, no kidding. Eight. Yeah, and so that's oh, been really grounding. Oh, you teach yoga? I do. Yes, I teach yoga in the community, um, downtown Ventura, and also with wow. my nature programs. I'm a, I'm a wilderness mentor. No kidding. I've been wanting to do yeah, yoga so for a long time. Yeah, so it all ties together. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah like, I'll give you some guest passes. That that would be so awesome. And, you know, because my main yeah. thing is, uh, it, it, this happens with uh, weightlifting, too. People who want to get in get into like weightlifting and or yoga or something the big problem and it's at least my problem is that I'm worried about form you know I I don't mind doing it alone oh, in my yeah. living room but I first want to know you know am I doing it right you know am I going to hurt myself if I'm doing it this way so like that's why I'm really interested in like checking it out having somebody tell me like yeah that's good that's so awesome yeah I'd love to give you some guest passes that you and your wife could use and that would be so sweet and um yeah, we're like we're doing all virtual classes, but it's really easy to follow along. I've been really getting a good like rhythm of it, like how to mm-hmm. approach it. I have a lot of regulars that show up, so so it's pretty <laughs> fun. And and I, I really find it beneficial for like preventative stuff, like with like in your world realm of like skating and stuff. Like it's, mm-hmm. it would be so just nice. It's just nice to have more flexibility and strength overall. And it makes yeah, me, well, like in all, all, yeah, all my all my moments in life when life has been really hard, I've like come back to like practicing yoga and just being in my body, and it gives me that confidence that like I can move forward in life. Like, okay, like I can do this. It's mm-hmm. good. I'm okay. Yeah, That's why I like it a well, lot. Well, well, I think it's it's just so just from what I've heard, it's like preventative. But then I've also heard it's you know if you have like back trouble or trouble in certain areas that, you know, yoga over time will, will help a lot. It'll alleviate some of that stress or pressure or whatever it is that's hurting your back. So it's awesome that it's preventative. And then it's also therapeutic too. Definitely therapeutic. There's so many healing qualities and aspects to it and it can improve everybody's life, which is so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I heard it's also really good for your brain. I mean, like physiologically, it improves your oxygen. Yeah, because it improves oxygen circulation and exchange. So all the blood flow and and brain flow improves too. Mm -hmm. Wow. So you're sort of a 
a, a jack of all what do they call it a jack of all trades you do i i, I thought you just said i'm a jack of, it's all the energy yeah it's mostly <laughs> like compost has been like the main focus the last couple years but everything mm-hmm. in my life has started from like the yoga really and then led into the environmental science and then into the compost and so you 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 mentioned college um where did you go and what were you studying um, well, I, once I, I grew up in like Thousand Oaks area. And so once I, okay, me, yeah, so did I, we, we yeah, both know okay. uh, our mutual buddy uh, miles. miles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shout out miles. Woo. But, um, <laughs> so he, yeah, so I went to Westlake high school and so did I, what year did you graduate? Oh, cool. Oh, seven. Oh, yeah. uh, let's see. So I think Where technically, are so are you 31? I'm third. Oh, I'll be 31 this month. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I think my tech technically my year is two thousand eight, but I finished in two thousand seven because I went to a uh, Conejo towards oh, the yeah. end. Uh, okay, so we we maybe we even know each other. I don't. That's funny. I bet. Yeah. Um, there's okay, so anyway, some paths crossed somewhere. Um. But yeah. So yeah, I went, yeah. I went to Westlake. Oh, cool. Too. That's awesome. So um, my so after the Westlake, I went to universe University of Arizona in Tucson, and that was for oh, wow. four years. I didn't graduate. I kind of burned out and like dropped out and uh-huh. took a little break for a couple years, but I did four years there of like intense science classes, undergrad stuff, and um, took that with me when I went on my travels and work escapades just around California and stuff. And um, mm-hmm. then I came back to Ventura and was like, I just want to go back to school, I think, and finished at Cal State Channel Islands the past like two and a half oh, years. Cool. So I graduated in 2018 officially, which so it took me a long time to finish school, like my undergrad, but I did it. And I was like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> and it's like a lot of um, cool experience going to two different undergrad schools and for such a extended amount of time, both of them, because I really got to like learn a lot from the regions and like the local community. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, so that was really cool. Yeah, I like that part the best. And did you um, did you live in a dorm? Did did you were you in, in Tucson? In, in Tucson, I was in a dorm. Yes, for four and years. And then I lived in a house for four uh, for one year, and then I lived in a house for the other three. Wow, and you must you're what like eighteen, nineteen when you when you yeah, did that? eighteen to twenty, eighteen to twenty two, which was <laughs> definitely like coming of age years for me. Like I felt like I came into my like adulthood for sure I was like not a kid anymore I was like I I'm taking care of myself I was like so proud of it and yeah that's so crazy yeah it was super fun because I I love the desert my experience I was at home you know I I was uh I I lived at home with my family until a couple years ago you know like I was not a late bloomer like I went to college and stuff but I sort of just stayed Mm -hmm. here you know um and I really and I say this I say this lightly but I, I envy that experience of you know going somewhere else and you know sort of having to grow up you know in in a sense um so I, that, that's really cool that you got to do oh, that thanks yeah I mean I felt really independent and ready to go for like since I was like 16 I would say I was like I'm ready <laughs> to do this so it was just like I guess there's just in my cards to do that and there's definitely moments where I like because then after I went to college, my parents divorced and then like they sold the house. So there was oh, wow. parts where I was like, man, what if I never moved away? What if I stayed? Would they like, there was all these like weird things of like, not wow. kind of wishing, wishing I could have that kind of 
um, home base again. So yeah, that's, that's a whole nother reflection of it. So yeah, so, it's interesting. I've reflected in my own ways in that sense. So were you, were you about to say, you know, had I not left, maybe my parents would still be together or you were saying that, you know, you would have just had a little extra time with that home base. Yeah, maybe more of the the latter. Like I would have just had a little extra time at home because I I don't think my parents like were really in love for a long time. Like I I could tell from a, like middle school that they were like pretty different. And, yeah, what were some of the signs? Like just things they said that you know you didn't really see them smile together. Yeah, or... yeah, exactly. Those those two, and then also I noticed they didn't go on dates. I was like hearing about all my friends like being like, oh yeah, my babysitter like. <laughs> to watch us my parents went on a date and i'm like my parents don't do that that's weird and i was like wait maybe it's not that weird i was like wait i don't know and then i started just noticing more of their dynamic and realizing that didn't seem very happy yeah i am um, my my folks divorced or they they separated when i was like maybe three or four or something like that and then they i think that te- technically the, the divorce was like years later like the paperwork but uh they were separated when I was three, four, or five. I can't remember now. So that experience, I would imagine, is so different from your experience. You were aware, you were cognizant, you were an adult when they mm-hmm. when they split up. Was it um, how how hard was that for you? I assume that was hard. It was because it felt like um, like a dream shattering. Because even though you know mm. it's like not the best thing when you're when it's like like I don't know I could tell that there was like a lot of hard times in the family but then also it felt like oh well we'll we'll be together forever or something and then it was like oh no we all go our own ways so it was kind of like a dismal feeling mostly yeah because it was like I grew up with Disney Channel you know so it was like oh that's (laughs) not the happy ending like that's not what happens after so yeah, it was it was interesting. Was there some denial, like no, this can't be true that they can work it out, or did you accept it right away? Oh, I, I definitely accepted it right away. Yeah, wow, definitely. Other than um, other than the divorce, um, what what do you think about your parents? Are they are they good people? Did they teach you the right things? Um, how do you? reflect on on your raising you're being you're up what do you call it you're uh you're being raised by them mm-hmm. um sorry i, I just it, it glipped out for a second because someone just tried to call me so i missed part of that question oh sorry uh i was just saying you know what so other than like them divorcing uh were they good parents to you did you pick up the right skills in life um what's how do you reflect on on their raising you Oh, they did, like, they had such a great childhood for us, me and my sister. I have a younger sister who's two years younger, and um, mm. so we we had a great time. We definitely were outside a lot, which was so <laughs> awesome, and um, we would just make up our own games. We would, like, sit on our, we didn't, like, skateboard, do tricks or anything, but we would, like, stand to go down straight lines and stuff <laughs> sort of thing, yeah, yeah. and we would get on our get on our butts and like bomb hills like super (laughs) hard like we were just having so much fun just playing and um 
And then my mom, my mom was a teacher for a long time. And my dad is oh, wow. like a lighting designer, theater type of person for, for a long time. Wow. So we had a lot of like creative moments and also learning, learning opportunities in those moments. So it was just like every mm-hmm. day was fun and every day we were learning something new. So definitely lots of fun. And I remember also like when we would have like really fun barbecues on the weekends and that was really nice too yeah <laughs> that's good to hear so why so oh, i'm sorry go ahead you're gonna say something oh no i wasn't oh um so tell me so how how and why and when did you get into composting uh hmm how when and why so When I got into composting was when I was in Arizona and I learned that um, there was a way to compost human shit. And I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And then I was like, my professor was like, no, I'm serious. And we went to go visit this house, like on a field trip, like a local (laughs) hippie house that has a human composting toilet. And um, it's like a human, it's human. And so It was so fascinating because we were learning about a lot of like agricultural systems in really dry, arid environments like the desert. And so human manure is a great way to bring nitrogen into your soils because all the poop that you're making and generating, it has a lot of the food that you ate and digested. So, so it was just like fascinating to learn about how this like resource, this like waste could be a resource and then fast forward a few years, I go traveling and, and I, I, I've i been traveling in a lot of places around the world. I'm very thankful and blessed that I was able mm. to do that. Um, and I went to India for yoga training and they, wow. yeah, they do. That's awesome. They, it was so fun. And I mean, they have a like lot the of yoga capital, there. right? Definitely. That's like the yoga Mecca of yeah. the world. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and they use a lot of their cow dung for um, fire starter, and also oh wow, they use it for uh, refertilizing their soils too. And so, like all these little like tips along the way was inspiring me to like figure out a way to recycle our my own waste and regenerate mm-hmm. the planet so that we could live in better harmony with it. And mm-hmm. um, so then, when I came home and finished school at Channel Islands, I was trying to do summer class and I was like on my computer a bunch and like it was like finals week of spring time and it was like so hectic my computer was like maxed out and then it crashed and I was like oh no are you kidding me and like so I had no way I mean I could have a way to like find someone to like borrow their computer to finish up stuff but I took it as a sign that like I needed to um to just relax because I was just like doing too much school and not, I wasn't really balancing out my mental state. So I was like, you know what? I was going to sign up for all these summer classes, like so many. And I was like, you know what? This is a sign that like, I shouldn't do that. Like, cause I have to work off my computer the whole summer. And I don't feel like dropping like two grand on a computer. I was yeah. doing it. Like I can't. <laughs> so it was like, just released it. And then ended up spending a lot of time in my garden that summer and then learning about the soil. And I remember this one particular day I was like feeling the soil in the box and it was like super dry and 
kind of like a scary feeling like when you submerge your hands in, you're like, oh my God, is something going to gra- grab me or something? Yeah. But I started to like really like massage the bed and like get deep in the soil just wow. with my bare hands. And I like almost it was as if there was like an energy force sucking me under it, kind of like being like, listen to us, like learn, like, like this is the magic. And so I was like, wow, like I want to like, plant some stuff and so I started planting some things and then they weren't doing so hot and then I learned like oh about like soil and you can feed up soil compost and then like Mm -hmm. oh you can plant other companion flowers and plants that help your other plants grow and then they all um will help each other and I was like just going down this huge rabbit hole and then realized that compost (laughs) is like the connecting force to all of it because I was like buying all these bags of compost and I was like well oh yeah maybe yeah, it's like all this plastic and I was don't really like the idea of all this plastic out in the world. And so I thought like how do people do this before pla- before <laughs> before Lowe's and before Home Depot, you know? Like what do what did our ancestors do? <laughs> and they they essentially like had pits that they like would just like bury their food in and then all the microorganisms they would bury it and then they all the microorganisms would go to town and break down all the food and make the soil. So mm-hmm. I was like, I could do this. And so I started at home compost and that became my research project later that, that next year for my final oh, no kidding. senior. Yeah. I was like, you know, I think I could do like my research project on it. There's all the science level to it. I'm interested in it. I have access to it and it's like scalable. Like I can kind of do it small or do it big scale. Yeah. I want. Yeah. So that's kind of how, when and why. Wow, that's like sort of like a snowball, you know, you it start it started small like years ago and all of a sudden it just comes full circle and it's like this big, you know, machine that you have running now. Oh yeah, definitely. It's fun. It's cool to see how the more you give into it, the more it gives back to. That's the beautiful part. So do you, <laughs> I I'm I'm figuring I know the answer to this, but you do you um compost how should I say this? Your your own waste, your bodily waste. Oh no, I don't know. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah, like I'm sure I could figure out, but I don't have the space or anything for that. But I, I respect it, and I totally would consider it if I had the space. So I I don't know much about composting, so maybe you can help me out. So I you know I live in an apartment. I don't have a garden. Would composting be useful to me with given yes. those facts? Yes, I think so. Um, especially if you are connected with a community garden near you. And usually mm-hmm. every city has at least one or two. And so um, there's a whole movement of gardening happening right now during the COVID, which is pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. And so people are wanting to get more connected with the food they eat and where it comes from and how to grow it. So mm-hmm. um Community gardens are starting, they're kind of being revived again. A lot of them have these like phases where they are revived and then abandoned, revived and then abandoned. And so it's kind of this like game of like, if you can, you can catch who is actually running it. But then, so anyways, if you're composting in your apartment, you have a place to take your, your compost or your, um, your food scraps. So Oh, okay. You start the compost at your house if you want to like have the process happening at your in your own like on your deck or something or on, in your kitchen. Yeah. A lot of people like to use like worm bins or kind of like a fermented style of 
food waste method? Yeah, so you're saying that even though I don't have a purpose for it, per se, you know, if I don't have a garden or anything like that, it's still useful to somebody. It's worth saving because I can take it somewhere. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's like the beauty of it is like, you have that power. You are, you are creating a more resilient community by choosing to divert your food scraps and putting it back into your local soil, whether it's like taking it out from your trash and putting it in your pots or whatever or just yeah contributing it to a local garden or farm yeah well it does feel bad too like what or let me explain what you know if cooking dinner for example you peel the potato you peel the carrots or whatever and then you look at your trash can and you just see all this energy being wasted you know all the scraps there's there are nutrients in that and you know somebody who doesn't know about composting um you know it's a sort of maybe a shame to 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 go to all that to go to waste absolutely that's definitely another reason in my journey of how i started too is because i was noticing that same that same observation you had and and the fact that the amount of resources it takes to grow that food to get it to yes. you and then for it to like be um just thrown away or parts of it thrown away it's like yeah it's pretty devastating and then you can't unthink it once you start to think it that's the kind of haunting right side of it's it. yeah it's hard yeah it's hard to skirt that under the rug you know it's like you're sort of lying to yourself almost you know it's like to to know something's important and then to not do something about it when you can right and it's what's also wild to think is that um it makes like once I started composting at my house, we have four, four or five of us living together at a time. And so there's a small trash in the kitchen that used to get taken out like once a day. And mm-hmm. once we started composting, um, that summer before my graduate or my undergrad thesis, I started implementing like a compost bucket and diverting our kitchen scraps and we were ended up taking our our trash bin out once a week so it's like went from once a day to once wow. a week like immediately because we cook a lot so yeah it's just like pretty pretty incredible to see that <laughs> change and then then to put it on a bigger scale of the fact that like our landfills are one third usually made oh. up of organic material it's like my god wah, wah, wah. it's crazy yeah, that's um, that, that's really scary. I noticed in your bio on Instagram, your uh, Queen of Compost bio, seven thousand mm-hmm. odd pounds of waste diverted. Um, are you weighing yes. your your compost bin every day or something, or how how are you uh, tracking that? So I am a scientist. I'm a trained scientist. So I love like numbers and data, and I have a scale that I measure buckets on so i collect all the food scraps in five gallon buckets Mm -hmm. and i tear the buckets and then weigh just the amount of food scraps that we've collected on a run or at the farmer's market we were at the farmer's market before the whole covid um yeah ordeal and so now we're collecting residentially mostly and i do that in five gallon buckets and so i weigh them and keep track of it and then that's how the number it's still like an estimate like it's not perfect sometimes i We'll round up for the Instagram, but I have the numbers on an Excel sheet that are all like to the dot. <laughs> it's pretty fun. The, what's really, it's sort of almost sad though, what you're telling me. You're telling me, you know, whatever, uh, so called the estimate of 7,000 pounds of waste. It's almost sad because we're wasting. 
mm-hmm. much each person is probably wasting day every week, every month, every year, and it's just all combined. It's such a large figure of waste. It's um, depressing, really. Yeah, it and that's like it can be daunting. It can be overwhelming, and the average amount of waste that one person accumulates in one day is about a pound. Wow. And so that's on average. So not every person is generating that much, but if you're going out to eat a lot and you're like, just, I don't know, there's a whole like method, how they got that mm-hmm. number. And I, I can't really explain it in succinctly. <laughs> but, um, yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, so the average is about a one, a pound a day per person. And so it, it oh. can be overwhelming. And at the same time, the moment you start to save your food scraps and you start to maybe save your veggie stocks and for a veggies or for your, your veggie scraps for a veggie stock, like a soup mm-hmm. stock, then you're like, you're already closing the loop there because you're now, instead of throwing those away, you're using them again versus you're like thinking about your waste differently. Yeah. And, and also the moment you start to save your scraps to compost, like you are making a difference in that one pound a day. Mm-hmm. So there's the, that there's that like empowerment still where you can really feel like you are making a difference right. every time you, you choose to put your food in the bin. Yeah, totally. It's um, like, I think about, I, I've heard, I don't know if this is true, but I've heard that for like every almond takes, you know, if you have like a, a bag of almonds, all of them, I think required at least a gallon of water each or something like that. So it's like, I've heard of something like that too. So if you throw away, so the waste we're talking about sometimes, well, you sort of said it, but we're in a way we're wasting water too by throwing these scraps away because the the carrots, the potatoes, they're at least some um, part water, you know, it took water to grow them. So wasting the thing itself, water to grow them, labor to pick them, labor to ship them. It's just like, it's waste all across the board. It's gone. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bummer. I mean, how can, um, you're obviously taking steps in the right direction, but how can people start to make a difference? I mean, is it, is it as simple as just being aware of the waste that they create? Definitely. I think that the best way is to have fun, like finding ways to generate less waste and, um, you can start with your coffee filter grinds and, oh, filters yeah. and, you can just add them to your garden that's already in your yard or a potted a potted plant somewhere. Um, you can also use coffee grounds a lot of other ways. Like you can Google up a lot of different fun ways. Like I've used them to help scrub dishes as long as you don't wash them down the drain. Yeah, they they'll plug clog the drain. But uh, they're really great for like an ab- abrasion kind of force. Mm-hmm. So they don't they don't scratch the surface either, which is nice. <laughs> And they also help to de- they like help deodorize your hands from any like kitchen onion smells. Wow, no too. kidding, so coffee like, grounds. Yeah, that's just funny. So, so simple, and so um, that's been really fun to to learn little small tips like that, or even with citrus peels. Um, instead of just like tossing them out, they're actually like a huge resource, especially if you buy like the like farmers market or more organic kind, because there's not as many pesticides on yeah. them or herbicides. There's, um, you can save the the rinds and the peels and make all kinds of tea and medicine and, and desserts with them. And so there's like, and cleaning products. For yeah, yeah. So it's just like, it's just like all these ways that, yeah, like the more you become aware, it's like a rabbit hole. And so 
I instead of being like scared and overwhelmed and like coming up with a plan, I just like I recommend to people who are ready to start their food waste journey is just to have fun, like see where you're kind of drawn to and start there Yeah, because it's all scalable and it's going to it's going to change every day with how you look at it. So, yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Um, it's important to have fun. And I think you sort of alluded to this. It's it sounds to not be a, to not be scared by how big the problem is and you know maybe a little fear is okay but you're saying you know once you start it just you you just learn more and more you you at you know you do more and more as it goes on so the important part is to be aware and to just start and have some fun yeah exactly have the courage to start and it's not always to like easy to take that first step um but then the other reminder that I want to share is that that we need those failures in order to succeed so one step in the direction even if it takes two steps back is still a step forward right. so um that's just like really really yeah part of it too is like the first few times composting you might like not figure out the balance quite but then after a couple visits to your compost and checking it out and like assessing it doing some research you'll you'll be a, an expert you'll know exactly what your compost is doing and you'll learn its language and it's just really fabulous i love it yeah i'm, I'm gonna have to get a little bit now um start <laughs> from keeping my peels and stuff so you you're okay. saying something interesting made it sound like it was sort of this connection to the earth you had um mm. so what so in in that vein what sort of things have you looked or you know have yeah so what sort of things have you learned from even just planting plant flowers and your own food if you do that um or gardening you mentioned that you're interested what kind of have you learned from that that's a great question. I have a lot of life lessons that I've learned from the garden and from composting in particular. Um, one is that things never die. So back to that whole energy is just recreated concept. Um, that really helped me because because my grandma passed away last year and that was like in the middle of all like my project kind of of I had already graduated school, but like I was like just starting to like be in the community yeah. more. And so I was excited and she was like, a, just like an excited person. And I was just like excited to share that stuff with her. Yeah. But then, so when she, when she um, transitioned to the other side, I just felt like, Oh, is she lost? Cause she feels so close still. Like in every flower, it's like, she's like, we had little seeds at her funeral and um I planted some and like, they're still growing. So it's like so nice to like feel her presence through just these like flowers that are blooming. It's been really nice to learn that the cycle of life is just keep going. And like the death comes back into life again, because um, even like I was mourning and grieving my grandma's loss and she had uh, seeds that we offered at her funeral. And so I planted some. Wow. And, th and they're still, they're still in my garden, like blooming. And no way. So it's been, yeah, and so those those kind of reminders of like life regenerates, and even though oh life kind of break breaks off and dies off, it's still like a new form will come back of it, and it, that energy still lives with you. So those are those are like big, <laughs> big lessons that I get, but they're still there. Like I, that's what I'm connecting with every day when I step outside into my garden is that kind of 
that that therapy that that nurturing wow. of life that we're okay and um also that, that's that so cosmic in the sense that yeah cosmic composting <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah definitely it's like definitely cosmic connection feels like and what else have i learned i've learned that the more you give the more you get so the more time and love you put into the garden the more gifts you'll get back and that's just like that's how it works no matter what and so that's like a really beautiful lesson because it transitions and translates into other parts of my life where if i want to give a, a project a certain amount of energy it will give back a lot to me, whether it's like maybe not the results I was hoping or wanted, but it gave back so many lessons and moments that I wouldn't have had otherwise. And um, yeah, and then wow. also the fact that gardening makes you happy. Like it makes the world happy. It makes the worms happy. It makes the birds happy because they eat the worms and the seeds. <laughs> it makes like, it makes all these creatures happy. And then people walk by and they're happy. You can clip stuff and you're happy that you can like, eat it in your kitchen and you can also give it to your friends too. So it's just, it makes you happy. <laughs> so you, you said at your uh, grandmother's funeral that you, you had seeds and you handed out seeds and you planted some in your garden and you said, yeah, that was, my uncle, what, what, yeah my, uh, oh, sorry. It was just my uncle's idea to like have seeds there for everyone to take as a like memory. That's really beautiful. I've never heard of, memorial. heard of that. That's really beautiful. Yeah. And so you said that those, the seeds you planted, the the flowers or the plants are still alive today. Yeah. So I, I chose some forget-me-nots because yeah. I did not want to forget her. And I thought that was a very suitable name. And they're pretty, like the picture showed like a pretty little, small little blue flower, like a violet blue flower, kind of the size of like your pinky nail or so. Mm-hmm. And I thought that'd be like a sweet little... Um, color splash in the garden so i i have some that are now like in their season so they're coming up again which is nice and are they they're perennial yes so or i think they're annuals they come back but they reseed so once they reseed they or actually yeah what's the distinction actually for some reason i thought perennial meant like they just come back every year what's the difference between annual and perennial annuals only bloom once a year and then they die yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. And perennials will come back every year from the same root system. And with those plants, do you do you get the feeling that you're there with your grandmother somehow? Um, or they just remind you of her? My garden. They just remind me of her, really. Yeah. I can feel like I can kind of draw into my grandma's presence whenever I really want to. And mm. I could be anywhere. The garden yeah. is nice because it's it slows me down, so I'm not <laughs> fast. So that's why it's yeah, it's a good reminder to see those because I can tap into. Um, yeah, my memories uh, too. My uh, grandfather passed away a couple years ago, um, so I can relate on some level um, to to your loss, and um, I and I and I relate to what you just said too. You said that you can kind of, you know, um, you can conjure her memory wherever you are, and sometimes I just look in the mirror. And I see like mm-hmm. features of my grandfather, you know, because obviously I'm his, I have some of his genetics and I just, I'm reminded of him sometimes when I just look at myself, you know? Yeah, that's trip. Wow. Yeah. So I can relate. Um, I wouldn't ask those sensitive questions unless I could relate. Um, cool. One thing I wonder, 
have you learned did you have you always had patience or do you learn patience from gardening because i feel like oh having, yeah that's a good one like i feel like you have to be you have to be patient or you learn patience through it what do you think both <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> yeah i i i have a lot of patience but i only have so much patience <laughs> and yeah. um so the gardening is still always a lesson in patience and and what's not, you have to be patient when you sow seeds because it takes time for them to sprout. And you have to be patient for your plants to grow, to grow you food because they don't just grow overnight. So yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of patience that you're always like talking to. You're like, Hey, patience, the good friend again. Well, it's, like, I, it makes me think, uh, it, I would imagine that being a gardener, there's some elements of delayed gratification involved. You know, some people wake up and they say, oh, you know, I want to plant a flower today or I want to plant a tomato plant. And they go get the seeds. They, you know, drop it in the dirt and do all the work. And it's like, okay, well, you know, there's looking at their clock now waiting for a tomato to sprout. So it's sort of an, <laughs> it's an activity where there's built in, if there's some delayed gratification. And I wonder if that is hard for people. I wonder too, I work with kids a lot and for them, it can be kind of challenging for them to like plant something and then say like, hey, like <laughs> where is it? Yeah. And um, so, but I like that term delayed gratification because in a way it's like, um, it's like, it's like you're indebting it to yourself. Like you're like planting mm. a seed that you'll be grateful for later. So I like how, oh. I like how that sounds. Yeah, yeah that, that's true that it's planting a seed in your mind too. It's, you know, you're. Yeah. working towards something you're having to be patient and um it's sort of a lesson in life really i mean it's a way to look at just the way people the way you live you know it's not always just the physical uh activity that you're trying to get results from but just a, a way of life yeah definitely and yeah the slowing down of it is really a nice way to a nice reminder to way to live your life because it's so fast paced. And so it's nice to just like go at the pace of the earth for a little bit. Yeah. And the season. So let's see, let me ask you a few more questions. Um, sure. You, you told me a few of These your are great, interests. Great questions, by the way. Thank you. I, I wouldn't, I had, yeah. that's, <laughs> you know, we hadn't met before, so I had to get just a little bit of info on you um, when we talked, uh, what, like last mm -hmm. night or something. Um, I remember, yeah. uh, you had said that you like language and, and I like language too. And I remember I was taking a, I can't remember what the course was. It was like, it was language for sure at Channel Islands, but I can't remember what it was called. But like the first day the professor had said, and I'll pose this question to you. He had asked us, uh, you know, he pointed over at the window and he said, how many ways can you ask me or get me to open the window? So I would pose the question to you, not how many ways, but uh, can you just tell me a few ways you could ask me to open the window with your language, with language? Yes, I could. Should I ask them? Yeah. Yeah, go for it. Can you open the window? Okay, can good. You, can you, please, can you open the window? <laughs> <laughs> uh -oh. mm -hmm. um, I need you to open the window right now. <laughs> Um, Simon says walk over take your hands and 
lift the window pane so we get fresh air. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's endless. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know yeah, it's it, so fun. That's a good one to think I'm, about. So, what 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 makes it fun uh, to you? I think it's the fact that um, you can switch words around, and then it can ho- totally paint a different picture. Ah. I think I think the picture of it is what I love. Is that the words somehow when you hear the sound of a word, it translates to an image in your brain that tells you a story. That's why I like it. Yeah. I, you know what I like about it too is um, there's also, you know, you gave, you gave a few examples of ways to ask somebody to open a window and depending on how you ask it or phrase it, it, it also can surface emotion too. For instance, uh, one of, one of the examples in that when he had asked us, when somebody had said, Oh, you know, like they imagine their grandmother asking them to open the window and they imagine the grandmother not being particularly nice. And she would say something like, oh, well, a thoughtful person would have opened the window by now. Yeah, so, like something passive aggressive. Yeah, yeah like super <laughs> passive aggressive. So it's like so there's sometimes language. It's not always the action that's important. You know, it's like, well, it, you know, it's, it's not always about you wanting the window open but about you wanting to hurt somebody's feelings by asking them to open the window. You know, you know what I mean? So that, totally I was fascinated by that. It. Yeah. There's the some underbelly to it. Yeah. It's fascinating how you, the context behind the words too. Yeah. They ch- totally change the energy changes. Yeah. I, I like, I think partly uh, I like language too. We were talking about that uh, the other night. I like, that's partially why I like your uh, Instagram name, queen of compost. And then your name's mm-hmm. Camilla or Camila. Yeah. So Camila, there's a lot of, yeah. what do they call it? Uh, alliteration, you know, Camila, queen, compost, like a lot of K sounds. And I think there's something yeah. satisfying about that. I think so too. That's actually partly influenced why I chose the name. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And the word queen, um, what, do, what does that word represent to you? Like, you know, when you say queen of compost, um, what does the word, I mean, just, yeah, just shoot on what that word queen makes you think of in the, in the context that you, you use it. This is such a good question. I was actually talking about this with a good friend named Skip and he's de- great name. Um, yeah. He's this like old timer garden rock head guy that just, he's got, he, is he o- older? Yeah. He's like, Old, like white hair guy like i mean you gotta guy. be an old guy if your name's skip and he's like but he's super able like he's moving huge <laughs> rocks around the the, the ohi demonstration garden every day and it's just like incredible his vision for the planet so anyways he's very good with words and loves language too and so we were talking one day and he doesn't like that i'm called the queen of compost and so we were <laughs> discussing this topic and and so i wanted to share with you is that um he he was kind of implying that like queen queen refers to like authoritative mm. and monarch monarchy and um just like hierarchical slave kind of just like really po- abuse of power kind of connotation yeah and my argument my argument for him was well, this is 2020 and we're making new language all the time. We never had BRB, LOL, like all these little random 
like totes, like all these short words that now are like actually like what we use. Yeah. And so we can change the meaning of words. And I lived with someone who was, who's now trans and has transitioned to male. So, but what, when I knew him before it was as a, as a female, he was giving me all these lessons of how language refers to pronouns and like wow. he, he pronouns and how I was like, it's cause I was reflecting to him. I was like, it's just hard for me to look at you and say he, or something. I was just like, just be honest with him and be like, I don't like it's or they like, how do I say they when it's one singular person? And, um, and he was so patient with me and just mentioned like, well, why don't like, why can't we change the language for like LOL BRB when we like, it's, we can do it this way too. And so ever since then I was like thinking this is powerful. So with the whole monarchy connotation to queen and like the abuse of power, I have more of a, of a feeling behind it where my intention to be the queen of compost is to share knowledge and empower the whole community with compost and connecting people to each other through composting a network where we can become more, more resilient as a community. And so my, that's my, my definition for the queen of compost is that it's empowering the community. I don't want to like take it all for myself. I want everyone to rise with me um, as I learn more and as I help educate more and people will share the knowledge too with people that they know. So that's my intention behind the word. Yeah. I, I think you uh, hit that on the head exactly with, how you said that language um, evolves and it changes and we, you know, add words to the lexicon, we change words. And um, yeah, I, I agree. Like the queen, we, you know, we, like recent history, social media, we are using the word king and queen, mostly like in a funny way, you know, like, like, I don't know, it basically a yeah. stud. That's we say king now. Exactly. Of yeah. Totally. With, but queen, that's sort of not, it's sort of having, um, it, I think we're divorcing the authority, the authority, mm -hmm. um, aspect re in, you know, recent, in recent vintage, we, um, I think it really just stands for, uh, like female empowerment, um, valuing females. Um, and it's a word, I think it's just a, um, what's the word? How can I say it? it just, it's basically a nice word for a woman now, a powerful woman. I think so too. And that's how I view it. And especially like, I mean, Beyonce kind of helped bring that queen connotation back to life too. And Madonna, like all those really big pop yeah, stars. Yeah. But yeah, like I, I feel that it really has hit the whole world in a really positive note where it's like every woman can be a queen. It doesn't have to be one queen of the whole kingdom. It's like you are a queen of your own king queendom. And that's like, that's where I feel with the compost queen, queen in. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I think that's a. I, I love that name. I think it's a great choice. I love the alliteration. Thank you. Um, I think we there's a lot that I want to talk to you about, but I think we should just do it again sometime. Yeah, that sounds great to me. This has been a great intro talk, and I'm glad to meet you over the yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah, right. I and I hate talking on the phone, so this this is great. <laughs> cool. So Camilla, it was nice to meet you, and I just have one more question for you. Yes. Who the hell are you? I'm a queen of compost. Uh -huh.